Good morning, friends, and welcome to worship as beloved people of God on this second Sunday of Easter. The Easter season is known as a week of weeks, seven Sundays. And today we remember how the risen Christ appeared to the disciples and offered them the gift of peace. I'm Pastor Mark Hall from United Lutheran Church and Prairie Farm, and we welcome all who join us for worship today, those who are here for our drive-in service at the church, as well as those who join us by Facebook Live, phone-in, and by streaming. We're happy to worship God together and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. On this second Sunday of Easter, we remember how the disciples were gathered behind locked doors, gathered in locked room in fear, following the crucifixion of Jesus. And this is where Jesus meets us, and where Jesus meets us too, in our fears, in order to bring us the gift of peace. This is the reason for our faith. The kindness and graciousness of our Lord Jesus is given to us where and when we need it most. I invite you now to join in confessing your sin and hearing the promise of God's forgiveness following the invocation. We gather in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a call and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our psalm for today from Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like fine oil upon the head flowing down upon the beard, upon the beard of Aaron, flowing down upon the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon, flowing down upon the hills of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Let us pray. Almighty God, with joy we celebrate the day of our Lord's resurrection. By the grace of Christ among us, enable us to show the power of the resurrection in all we say and do. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading from the book of Acts, chapter 4. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Here ends the reading. Our second reading from 1 John. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testify to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Here ends the reading. And our gospel today from John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. 
A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Thomas, who we hear about in the Gospel today, is probably best known for his unbelief, his doubt. He wasn't ready to believe when the other disciples told him they had seen Jesus alive after he was crucified and buried in that tomb. Thomas wanted proof. It's a good thing, isn't it, that the early resurrection community that gathered around Jesus included people who had doubts. The doubt of Thomas that we hear in the Gospel from John makes Thankful this does not turn away from Thomas, nor does Jesus turn away from us. We are weak with doubt. On this Sunday, one week after the resurrection, the celebration of Easter, Jesus meets us in our doubt, in our disbelief. And even if you are not personally feeling doubt or disbelief today, you have family members or friends who are, and I invite you to be prayerful and thoughtful about their situation today as we reflect on this gospel. Thomas Long suggests that we look at a parable that Jesus told in his ministry as we think about doubt. It is found in Matthew 13. It's that parable of the wheat and the weeds that are growing in, in this parable about doubt, about weeds that are in the wheat. The first reaction of the field hands to the discovery of these weeds, this evil in the field, is doubt. The impulse is to call into question the trustworthiness of the landowner, God. Master, what happened? Where did the weeds come from? Master, you did sow good seed, good, didn't you? Doubt, according to Dr. Long, is the natural, often helpful first response to tragedy and evil. It is not the last response, not the only thing we have to say. But if we don't make room for our doubt, it's unlikely we can come to believe, share our faith with authenticity. Naomi and I have watched the, yes, the black church 
This is our story, this is our song, hosted by Henry Louis Gates. In the series, there is a segment that discusses some significant questions. Is the church still relevant today? Why are there a lot of youth just doing their own thing, not going to church? I was interested in the responses to these questions raised in the black church. The responses suggested a lot of them think that the church is just not a part of what's actually happening in people's lives, including their questions, their wrestling, wrestling with the shattering realities of events like the nine African Americans shot and killed in the middle of their prayer group meeting at Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina or about the vicious murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, or the killing of Ahmad Ogging in a Georgia suburb, or the senseless shooting of Breonna Taylor in Kentucky. How can the dehumanization and brutalization be stopped? The younger people feel like the church should be doing more. They feel like it is stuck in tradition. And meanwhile, they are searching questioning, doubting in the face of tragedy and evil. Master, what happened? Isn't that their question? An honest wrestling with God's trustworthiness? And maybe if we have had a hard time identifying with the black church and the doubts and questions that they reflect on these tragedies, do we dare forget that the crucifixion of Jesus was death by asphyxiation? That's what brings death to those crucified. There comes a point where you can no longer push yourself up on the cross to breathe. After a year plus of COVID-19, this disease of the lungs, after so much suffocation from this disease. Over 560,000 in our country, nearly 3 million worldwide. Do people question faith? God? Do they feel doubt? Especially those who are deeply grieving right now? Do they wonder about God's trustworthiness? Well, we don't know where Thomas was on that first evening of the resurrection. It may very well be the case that he knew the results of crucifixion. He knew what that bruteth meant. And he had concluded that his life as a follower of Jesus was done. Jesus was dead. The evil oppressive forces had won. And Thomas surely carried deep grief and pain. Wasn't he also wrestling with God's trustworthiness? When the other disciples reported Thomas that Jesus was alive, that they saw him with their own eyes, Thomas doubted. That struggling with the trustworthiness of God seems obvious from his statement, unless I see the nail holes in his hands, Put my fingers in the nail holes, stick my hand in his side, I won't believe it. 
based on what Thomas knew, based on his experience at that point of his loss and grief, doubt was the most pressing reality of his faith life. One of the most hopeful parts of this story of Thomas is his honesty, his openness with the other disciples, this expression of doubt. Maybe one of the more unfortunate things that can happen in any Christian community or congregation is the stifling of questions, doubts, and even as if Jesus would find someone unacceptable if they were so honest about what life is throwing at them. Their doubt, their despair, their questioning of God's trustworthiness. I heard a report not long ago about a new hotline that was launched by a group, an organization called Recovering from Religion. Their purpose is to respond to questions from people wrestling with faith, suffering from a loss of faith, or concerned about a loved one who has turned away from faith. What struck me most was a comment from the executive director of the organization who said this, if churches started welcoming doubters to their potlucks, the hotline project would not be necessary. Notice, even though Thomas had a heavy dose of doubt mixed in with his faith, Jesus does not reject him or cut him off. In fact, Jesus does just the opposite. Eight days later, disciples together, Thomas with them now. Jesus came through the doors again, expressing peace, moving toward Thomas, meeting Thomas right where he was at, inviting him to touch the wounds in his own flesh. Do not doubt, but believe, Jesus said. Jesus' mission, here we see it, a mission moving toward us, toward the world God loved in order to redeem and restore. In his letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer, C.S. Lewis puts it this way. The incarnation, Jesus born in human flesh, in the incarnation, Jesus takes all the creaturely predicament into his own being so that he came down from heaven, can almost be transposed into heaven, drew earth up into it. And locality, limitation, sleep, sweat, weariness, frustration, pain, doubt, and death are from before all worlds known by God from within. The pure light walks the earth. The darkness received into the heart of God is there swallowed up. C.S. Lewis may have been reading St. Paul's Corinthian letters. Death has been swallowed up. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. So what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. 2 Corinthians 5, 4. To swallow is a verb, an action. The dictionary first meaning is to take into the stomach by drawing through the throat and esophagus with a voluntary muscle action as food or drink. 
Second meaning is this, to take in as to envelop, to assimilate, to absorb. God in Jesus acted and swallowed up all our predicament in this world, including our doubt and despair and death. God in Jesus knows Thomas, Thomas's darkness and doubt from within because God has absorbed it, assimilated it, taken it in. When Jesus invites Thomas to touch his wounds, Jesus confirms for Thomas, for all of us too, the life wounds and the weariness which Thomas and all people carry. Jesus absorbed it all in himself. This is what Thomas found out when Jesus entered that locked room. Thomas could have already concluded in his mind that his faith struggles, his distance, his doubt would keep him outside the community of Jesus' followers. But Jesus' words and his blessing and Jesus' communication of peace say otherwise. No matter what doubt or despair or disbelief, Thomas or you and I may be experiencing, Jesus is coming toward us. The gracious, loving kindness of Jesus for Thomas, for you and for me, is what brings us to faith. And this gracious, loving kindness comes to us again and again, right where we are. Before coming to that room with the other disciples a week after Jesus had been raised from the dead, Thomas had said he wanted proof that Jesus was really alive. He wanted to see and put his fingers right in those marks where the nails had been pounded through. What Thomas got when Jesus appeared wasn't proof. No, it wasn't proof that he thought he needed, but rather it was Jesus' presence, his loving presence, that undeniable love of God right in Thomas's life. A love that covered his doubt and disbelief. And that's what Jesus desires to give us too. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is always moving toward us, overcoming the distance, graciously loving us, restoring us, fulfilling the promise spoken by the prophet in Isaiah 25. The Lord will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all people, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And then the Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces, people. He will take away from all the earth. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to join now as we affirm our Christian faith in the words of the Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. 
He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And let us pray now for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, you know our doubts, our disbelief, and you invite us to touch your wounds so that we might know that you have taken these into yourself, that we might know that you hold our doubts and disbelief within yourself, just as you have swallowed up death and removed its hold on us forever. We praise you for your love that meets us where we are for your love that never gives up on us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless our United Lutheran congregation and its ministry and shine in our church through all our congregation members, that with one heart we might witness to your loving kindness for all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit, guide the call process of our call committee as we seek to discern who you are calling to be the next pastor for United Lutheran Church. Help us to listen for your leading and give us the blessing of your light to see your will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We give you thanks, O God, for the gift of spring rain, revitalizing the earth, refreshing creation. Bless those who prepare for planting with favorable weather in the coming growing season. And we remember and hold before you those who suffer from drought or flood or fire. And we especially pray for the Olson family as they recover from the fire on their farm. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless the nations of the world. Bless our country. Grant us the vision and the leaders to work in the way of justice and peace, seeking what is good for all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who experience persecution for their faith, those who are oppressed, those who suffer injustice because of the color of their skin, those who are victims of violence, for all who have had to flee their homelands, for refugees, for immigrant children at our border. We pray for protection, for new opportunities, for resettlement and beginnings again. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the lonely, the anxious, the discouraged, the poor, the hungry, the homeless, the jobless, that they may experience relief. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come to our aid, O God, as COVID-19 continues to spread. Heal those who are sick. Protect families and friends from being infected. Support health. Give continuing success to the distribution of vaccines. And we pray for all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit today 
and ask for healing from those from our community. Colleen, Dale, Lucille, Terry, Brett, Ruth, Leroy, Larry, Perry, Sally, Bud, Gary, Adele, John, Croy, and those we named before you. Grant them your healing grace, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Risen Lord Jesus Christ, you went ahead of us into the grave. You defeated the powers of sin and death and the evil one. We remember those who have died, especially those most dear to us. Inspire us to live our lives in resurrection hope. Of that day, we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands now, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We give thanks this day for God's gifts to us, these eternal gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation in Jesus Christ. Thank you for sharing your gifts with United Lutheran Church and the ministry of our congregation in our mission in this community. Thank you for your stewardship and your generosity. May God bless you. Maker of all things, through your goodness, you have blessed us with abundant gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us in our offerings given in thanksgiving to you to serve you in this world as a sign of your merciful love and grace through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go now in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God. Amen.